Morning, church family. My name's Derek. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we are going to get into God's Word. So, um, how you doing? Ready to roll? Ready to see what God has in store for us? Ready to track along? Okay, because I'm going to get to it here. Uh, Life is hard. God is good. And, and what we're talking about these last few days, these last few weeks, is what's going on in between here. We, we know that life is really difficult, and what we go through is painful. There's ups and downs and difficulties and hardships and trials. But we know God is good. So what's God want for us in the in-between there? We know we experience the brokenness of this world. The entrance of sin into our world has made things broken. They are not as God intended them to be originally. We know that is true, and yet we also know that God is sovereign over all things and that he can be trusted, right? We, we want to get through pain as followers of Jesus, as a church family. We want to learn how to get through pain so that we can get over here and rest in God's promises. And so what's, what's something that helps in between there? What's one thing that we are working on that goes in between there? We are in week three of a four-week series learning to lament. Lament is that path from heartbreak to hope. And so that's that in-between that we're asking God to show us is in-between what we experience in the world and the difficulties and the pain and the brokenness, but we know he is good and he has plans and that his purposes prevail, and so in-between we're asking God to show us that path of lament, biblical prayer, that is the path from heartbreak to hope. We know life is not fair. Last week we studied 1 Peter chapter 2. Example after example in 1 Peter 2 of the fact that life is not fair. Life doesn't go the way we would prefer. And yet, we need to entrust ourselves to the one, the only one, who judges justly. Amen? So, this is one way. Lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. Lament is one way that we can learn to lean into Jesus in the middle time of these difficulties. Laments are prayers that the Bible shows us as examples. Lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. We have examples and examples and examples in in God's word of of these lament prayers. And let's ask God to, to teach us this so that lament prayers in God's word give us language. Help us with the words. Help us go to God and know what to pray because we want to endure the struggles that God has for us. We want to follow Christ's example of suffering and endure well for his glory. We want to get through those struggles with God's help and we want to end up over here trusting God all the more. So we're asking him to help us learn to lament. And we're in a series of messages called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, Uh, discovering the grace of lament. And I've said over and over, because I want to make sure to give credit, because there's people smarter than me that are helping me learn this stuff, and and we obviously turn to God's word every Sunday, and first and foremost, Faith Church is a people who keep our finger in the text, right? We want to hear from God. And, and And I also just want to acknowledge that that, I've, that a lot of this series is inspired by and adapted from a book of the same title, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, by Mark Vrogrip, uh, of a book that was recommended to Amy and I. It's been very helpful in our learning and healing, and, and, and I'm just, a, you know, we're just a step, few steps ahead, so to speak. We're, we're needing this, too. We're needing this encouragement from God, too. We're needing to grow in this area of lament prayer, and so I'm just 
passing it along to you. I'm just passing along um, what I'm learning. So um, as, as, as often happens in a series, you know, this is week three of four, as often happens in a series, there's going to be some things that I need to repeat today so that we kind of can see the flow and see how it ties together. But there's no way that I could repeat it all. So, you know, you, you will definitely benefit from catching up, if you can, if you have missed any of these previous messages, it's always great to catch up, go back on our website, watch those. I, I know it will be rich for us as we hear all of what God has for us. Um, when you're here on Sundays, or when you're watching online, Faith Online, you get, you get to experience the excitement of sweaty pit stains and wild facial expressions and passionate pointing to Jesus. You get to experience that. You get to. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you missed last Sunday, and this is my point, is that catching up is helpful. And so we just want to encourage you, if you, if you don't already know, you know, um, not only do you get to experience those beautiful, not-so-beautiful things in person, they're forever memorialized on the World Wide Web's. <laughs> So you can go on YouTube and Facebook and www.faithchurchdallas.org and, and find these and catch up. But uh, So just encourage you to do that. We are, uh, as we said, week three of four. And based on the book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, we are asking God to teach us these four components, four elements that we often find in a lament prayer. Uh, the author of the book suggests that these four elements are in most lament prayers. And, and, and remember, psalms in our Bible and the lament prayers are poetry, they're songs, so it's not, you know, the same every time. You might find all four, you might not. You might find them in a certain order, you might not. But the point is, is that as we read through the psalms, anybody hopefully reading a psalm a day? We're asking the church family to do that together. And as you read a psalm a day, you're going to come across some lament psalms, and you may find yourself noticing these four elements of lament, and I think that helps us um, know what to pray. So the four elements, turn, complain, ask, trust, we're going to look at those together in a minute. And these four elements are not a be-all, end-all solution. These four elements are not four easy steps to a pain-free life. These four elements are not, hey, do this checklist of prayer, pray these things, and everything's going to be perfect. That's not the idea here. But the idea is, is that as we learn to lament, lament is a prayer from our pain that we want to ask that's from our pain, but we want to ask God to use it to lead us to trust. Lament is therefore a process. If you think about that phrase, it's on the screen. Lament is a prayer in pain that leads, that leads to, that leads to. So lament is a process. It's not do it and everything's perfect. It's not follow these steps and it works out right away. It's, it's a process that we need to ask God to help us work through and our hearts to work through uh, that can help us get from pain to God's promises. And we want it to lead to trusting God more and resting in him. So when we started the series, the first element of lament that we talked about was turn. Turn to God in prayer. We talked that week about the importance of no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what the difficulty we're facing, no matter how much you are suffering, keep running to God. Keep turning to him. Silent treatment to God is not the answer. Turn to him. Keep going to him. Um, allow, instead of allowing our pain to be a pit that we get stuck in, 
allow pain to be a platform that leads us to God. Turn. And then last week we talked about complain, the second element of, of lament prayers. Bring your complaints. You know, we've, we talked about the last Sunday, we've kind of grown up with this impression, most of us I think, that, that complain is a bad thing, right? And so we're not supposed to complain. But it's okay. We saw as we, as we read these prayers from God's word, as we read these examples of how we can pray, we saw that it's okay to bring God our questions, to tell God our frustrations. Now, not complaining just to complain, not raging against God, not accusing him with our questions and our frustrations, but from a humble heart, bring your pain, not your pride. The author suggests we bring our pain, not our pride. From a humble heart, we can honestly tell God, what we're going through. Today we're going to emphasize the third element of lament prayers, ask boldly. And when we start looking at this in just a minute, you're going to see that as we learn to ask boldly, it's going to help us move from those why questions in complaint. Why God? How long? Why is this happening? Where are you? Why, why, why? As we learn to ask God boldly with confidence of who he is, it's going to move us from these why questions to who he is. That's what we're going to ask him to show us today. And then next week, we're going to wrap up the series with the fourth element in lament prayers, which is choose to trust. Again, instead of staying stuck in our complaints or telling God our frustrations, we don't want to stay stuck there. We want to ask laments to help us be with a process, a process of getting from pain to promise, a a process of getting from our difficulties to trusting in God no matter what. So that's next week. So, turn, complain, ask, trust. Sometimes it's helpful to remember those, right? Because then if you're praying and you want God to help you learn to pray or you're reading through a psalm and you see those components, turn, complain, ask, trust. So if we boiled that down to one letter, if you were trying to remember it, if this is how your brain works, it would be TCAT, right? TCAT, turn, complain, ask, trust. If you're looking for a way to remember that, I got some help with that this week. I got some help with that. Uh, there's, some, there's a lot of interesting stuff on the internet. There's some kind of weird stuff on the internet. A friend, uh, some friends of mine, desiring to learn lament, desiring to learn these components and be reminded of TCAT, turn, complain, ask, trust, uh, wanting to remember that well, sent me this. <laughs> TCAT. You got Mr. T plus a cat is T cat. <laughs> You're welcome. Welcome to Faith Church where we learn really incredible deep spiritual truths about God, right? By the way, by the way, these friends that pass this along, I think it's helpful. T cat, turn, complain, ask, trust. By the way, these friends that pass that along have awesome Way better stuff to contribute to our church family, by the way, and they do. <laughs> so don't think that's where it stops, right? You're welcome. You're welcome. We got TCAT. So let's learn to complain. Let's learn to uh, ask boldly. Let's, let's ask to, from a humble, honest heart what God wants for us in lament. Today we're taking a closer look at that third element of 
lament, ask boldly. Never forget, you got that out of your mind now? Should we get that out of your mind? The ask component that we're looking at today, the ask component is this, confidently calling upon God to act in accordance with his character. Confidently asking God to to act in accordance with his character. Um, When we see, when you're reading through the Bible and you come to a lament psalm and you see uh, some of these bold questions that the, that the writer of the laments psalm has for God, some of these questions come across as almost like commanding God to act. And that might strike us uh, funny at first. It almost comes across as people commanding God. But their bold asking, their confidence in asking strong questions and asking God to act is because they should be, these questions, these bold questions should be based on who God is, what we know he's done, and what he's promised to do. So these questions are not demanding, commanding, as if we have some ability to tell God what to do, but we are invited through lament prayers to ask boldly because these prayers are based on what do we know to be true about God and who he is and what he's done and what he will do. We can ask in accordance to those things. When you ask something, what do you usually want? You know, think about when we ask someone a question or when you ask God a question, what do we often want yeah, we want relief, we want something to happen, we want an answer, right? We have a need that we're expressing and we want him to do something about this need. And those are great reasons to go to God and ask boldly. But something else great happens. Something else really great happens when we learn to ask boldly is when we ask based on who God is and what we know to be true, when we do that, it helps our complaints to fade. That previous element of lament prayers was complaint, honest, humbly, telling him our questions and our sadness. And yet now, see, as we learn to ask boldly, it takes us from these kind of why questions. What are you doing, God? Why? How long? By asking boldly, it takes us to who? Who you are? What do I know to be true? And so it takes, uh, and so our complaints begin to fade and, and, you know, we're still going to have, we'll still have those questions and those hurts, but now the complaints fade and God becomes greater. As we, as we look to him, as we ask him, we want those complaints to fade and have God become greater. Grab your Bible, if you got it with you, open to Psalm, chapter, uh, Psalm 22. Love you, as, as you always do, to bring your Bibles with you or, or pull out your device and open your Bible app. And uh, at Faith Church, we love to keep our finger in the text, to keep our finger in God's Word and, and hear from Him directly. And so, love you to have your Bibles with you open to Psalm 22. The Psalms are a big, long book of the Bible, right in about the middle of your Bible. And find Psalm number 22. And remember, this is kind of a songbook for God's people. This is a book of poetry. And, and, and one of the things we find in here are these examples of lament prayers, teaching us how we can talk with God. When you get to uh, Psalm 22, you'll, you'll perhaps see that Psalm 22 begins with one of the most 
perhaps one of the most well-known why questions in lament or in the Bible. Psalm 22 is a psalm written by King David, um, but this well-known why question is quoted by Jesus when? On the cross. Jesus quotes this lament psalm. Jesus quotes King David while hanging on the cross. Psalm 22 begins with a couple of questions that I guess really kind of combine those, two ele- those first two elements of lament prayers. Turn, complain, ask, trust. Those first elements are turn and complain. In a sense, you can see here in these first couple of verses, these first couple of questions really kind of combine. Okay, I'm turning to God. David's saying, I'm, I'm coming to you. I'm asking you. And, and, but I'm being honest. I'm being humbly honest about the problem here about what I'm feeling, about what I'm experiencing. So let's look at Psalm 22, the first couple verses together. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. So what's going on here? What is David experiencing? We might relate to some of those cries. We might relate to some of that lament. David's in pain, right? Do you hear his pain in those first two verses? He's feeling forsaken. He's feeling like God seems distant. But then, this is why we turn to this example today, Psalm 22, because then we're gonna see that Psalm 22 pivots. He turns to God, He's honest and humble about his complaints, about his difficulties, about his frustration, what he's experiencing. But then Psalm 22 pivots. After these pointed complaints, David looks to God's character. Remember, we're trying to get away, we're we're trying to move our heart to let those complaints fade. We're trying to get away from these why questions to the who. And so David turns and looks at God's character. The first word of verse three, what do you see? Yet, that's a great pivot word that as we're learning lament psalms, as you read through the psalms and as you discover these ones that are laments, you're going to perhaps see words like yet, and it's going to give us a reminder of how we can pray. I can turn to God. I can be honest and humble and ask questions and tell my frustrations. Yet, do you see that? The psalm pivots. Verse 3, yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. In our fathers, uh, in you, our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. And then in verses six through eight, David continues to explain how he's pained, what he's experiencing. Verses six through eight, if you skim through those, you'll see that he continues to uh, explain how he's in pain by being mocked and scorned and the things that he's enduring. And then verse nine begins with the word, yet. He's humble and honest about the difficulties and yet the psalm pivots. And yet as we learn to lament, we wanna ask God to make sure that we don't stay in the pit of our pain but that our pain becomes a platform to trust. And so we want to we be honest with God, and we can bring the questions, and we can ask, tell those frustrations, but we want to 
also go, yet, who are you, God? What do I know to be true about what you've done and what you will do? Verse 9, yet, you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you I was cast from my birth and from my mother's womb. You have been my God. That's where David goes. That's how David wants his heart to turn from why to who. Mark Vrogup, the author of, of Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, says this, I've come to love the word yet. It marks the place in the journey where pain and belief coexist. Yet marks the place in our journey where pain and belief coexist. Part of the, he continues, part of the grace of lament is the way it invites us to pray boldly even when we are bruised badly. Yet, David didn't get stuck at the complaint part of the prayer. Rather than allowing the pain to become a pit, his complaints are a bridge to remembering God's character. Because back where we started, life is a mess. It's difficult and broken and not the way it should be, but God is good. And lament is our, is our process in getting from the why to the who. Lament is our path from heartbreak to hope. It's our path from, from the difficulties of life that we all endure to choosing trust in God's faithful sovereignty over all things. So David, keeping in mind then in this psalm, David, King David is keeping in mind who God is, what God has done, what he knows God has promised to do. And so now he moves, having, having put his attention on who God is, now we see David move to these bold questions. So as we're learning to lament, we've turned to God. We keep going to him no matter what our circumstances. We've complained humbly and honestly, not raging against God, but we've, we've been honest about our struggles. And now, as we look at this example, as we look at David's example, based on who God is, he pivots to bold questions. Verse 11. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Skip to verse 19. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Again, we might first be taken aback by this a little bit and go like, ah, can I really say that to God? It sounds like he's kind of commanding God, telling God what to do. But remember, it's based on who God is and what we know God wants and what he's done and what he will do. And so if, if knowing that and what we study from God's word, we can come to him and ask boldly, come to my aid. Verse 20, deliver my soul from the sword. Verse 21, save me from the mouth of the lion. David is hurting and in pain, and yet knowing God's character, he goes to God with bold confidence. That's true for you and I, church family. We, we, we experience pain and difficulty, either from our own sin or from the brokenness of the world. Things are painful and difficult, yet we know God's character, and if we, and if we lean on who God is, it enables us, it allows us, lament prayer invites us to go to him with bold questions, asking him to act. Uh, 
Is there, is there ever a good thing about experiencing pain and difficulty? We don't always see it. We usually reject it. We usually want to get through it in a hurry. We would usually rather not. But is there ever a good thing about experiencing pain and loss and hardship and suffering? I think when we're in pain, it's when we recognize most how much we need God. Life in America is pretty easy. Most of us are wildly wealthy in the scope of the world's population. We can provide for our needs. We can do what we want. We live in a free country. But pain and difficult and suffering and hardship and trial and loss, maybe we need it because maybe we need the reminder of how desperately we need God. Not just once when we first became a follower of Jesus, but daily how much we need God to not depend on our own self to get our own self through, but how to turn to him. Don't we often... um, Don't we often need to come to grips with how powerless we really are? We we love the idea of control. So much of your dysfunction and so much of my dysfunction is circled around wanting to have control. I want to control. I I want to manage things. I want to manipulate it so it goes my way, so so I can get through this as comfortably as possible. We want to maneuver. Don't you, if you're honest, find yourself maneuvering, trying to work things out according to your purposes and your plans. But maybe difficulty and disappointment drive us to recognize our incredible need for our great God. Maybe we need that wake-up call. Asking boldly, demonstrates faith. If we learn to lament prayer, if we learn to turn to him and we learn to honestly complain, and now today we're emphasizing this idea of asking boldly. If we ask boldly, it demonstrates faith. It demonstrates our trust in God. It's saying, I'm not going to keep trying to figure this out on my own. I'm not going to keep going my own way. I'm not going to keep behaving in my own way. I'm going to entrust myself to the only one who judges justly, and I'm going to ask Jesus to change me from the inside out, make me into a new person with new heart and new mind and new desires so that I'll live for him in everything I do so that no matter what the painful circumstances are over here, I can lament them and end up in a place where I choose trust to live for him. So asking boldly is a demonstration of our faith. It helps us to continue leaning to God instead of running away or instead of doing our own thing. So as we continue to learn this aspect of lament, to ask boldly, what do we ask for? What are are some things we ask for? Well, honestly, uh, do you have till 2 (laughs) o'clock? What what are some things we could ask for? Honestly, there's not time today to go into detail of what I'm about to buzz through really fast. But, but the resources are there for you. 
first of all, I, I do recommend Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. If you've not already gotten a copy of it and you want to read and you want to dig into this a little more and you want to ask God to really help you in this area, learning to lament, I invite you to check that book out. But also, you can go um, on our website. There's more resources available if you click on the news and updates section uh, at faithchurchdallas.org or if you go on your church center app on your phone and you click on news and updates, you'll find a lot of great resources um, for this series. Just look for the uh, post called uh, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy Resources and you'll find some reflection questions. If you want to spend time with God while you're studying God's word this week, you can, you can work through those reflection questions and, and ask God to take this information about lament from just something we're learning to something we can experience and can and put into action and, and lament can be, become our language for talking to God. But there's some resources there um, on the website and in addition to the resources I just mentioned, um, I'm going to list on the website these nine types of questions or nine types of bold requests. I'm about to buzz through them. So I know some of you like to take notes. I'll just warn you, you might not have time, so don't, just relax. <laughs> Watch them on the screen. Let them wash over you, and if you really want them in writing, you can go to the website. These nine types or examples of bold requests um, will be in that resources section, and in that resources section, I'll list um, an example of a psalm, a psalm from God's word, where we find that kind of request. With me? Okay. So just for the sake of time, I want us to hear these kinds of questions we can go to God with. What are, when we ask boldly, what are some of the things we see modeled for us in Scripture? What are some of the examples of bold questions that we ask? I'm going to go through those quickly, but you'll have a chance to look at them more closely if you'd like. Uh, nine examples of bold requests in the Psalms. First one, arise, O Lord. Kind of, kind of a bold request do something, God. Please get up. Wake up. Act. Arise. The next one. Grant us help. This bold request for help. Give us what we need. And when we go to God for help, it should remind us that God can be trusted, that this is who we turn to, that this is who knows best. And so we turn to him and we ask, grant us the help that we need for the circumstances that we're facing. The next one is remember your covenant. Remember your covenant. God, remember what you've promised God's people. Remember what you've already done and what you say you're gonna do. And this isn't, when we say this to God in a bold question, it's not, uh, hey God, I think you forgot. Would you remember? No, it's, it's we're saying, um, be true to this. That's what we're saying. If we're saying to God, remember your covenant, we're saying, be true to your promises to your people. Be true, follow through. And, and I love this one too, because if we ask God to act according to his promises, it should remind us of all the times that we've experienced God's faithfulness to us in the past. God's faithful to us in the past. Do we need reminder of the times that God has been faithful to us in the past? And what that takes us to is knowing that he will still be faithful. The next one is let justice be done. Here, here's language for a bold request if you're talking about having faced abuse or unf unfairness 
or mistreatment, there's a way to boldly request of God here. Examples in God's word, uh, next one on the screen, please, is just let justice be done. God, we know your character. We know who you are. We know what you desire. And so that's what we want, justice to be done. The next one is don't remember our sins. Remember, some of the pain that we lament in life is because of the brokenness of the world around us. Some of the difficulty and trial that you endure in life, the pains and, and, and suffering, are not because of your own sin. Some of the suffering we endure is because things are broken and not as they should be or the, diff- or the pain of others caused to you. But sometimes we need to lament our own sin. Sometimes the pain and suffering that we're going through is a consequence of our own sin. And so here's an example. God, don't remember our sins. Anybody amen that one? When we say, God, don't remember our sins, we're counting on this glorious good news of the gospel, asking God to not treat us as our sins deserve. Do you know that because of Jesus, we don't get treated how we deserve? And that we do get what we don't deserve? Amen, hallelujah. Good news of the gospel. Don't remember our sins, God. The next one is restore us. You know, uh, we look forward to the restoration of all things when Jesus returns and sets all things right. And in the meantime, we can ask him to restore. Restore my soul. Restore my marriage. Restore my, difficulty, my difficult relationships with others. Restore our church. Restore our nation. Whatever the examples that come to your mind, here's a bold request to God. Restore. The next one is don't be silent, God. Listen to me. Friends, even when you're sure he's not there, even when you're not sure he's there, go to him. Don't be silent, God. Hear me. The next one is teach me. It's fairly self-explanatory. When we go through a hardship, it can be a wake-up call. We talked about this a few minutes ago, that our suffering might lead us to recognize how much we need God. And so perhaps a way that we can ask a bold question is, teach me. What are you doing, God? What do you want me to know? What am I experiencing this for? What are we going through this together for? What do you have for us? Teach us. And then the last example from the book that I'm adapting is Vindicate Me. We see this in the Psalms as well. Vindicate Me. This is for those, the psalmists that have been mistreated or falsely accused. We find psalmists in God's word, psalms, written along these lines of of being falsely accused. And rather than fighting back with their words, rather than fighting sin with sin, rather than our human effort to defend ourselves and explain things away, we lament and we ask God, the one who judges justly, to vindicate. All right, how you doing? That was a lot, and that was quick. Don't miss this. Here's, here's where we'll wind things down. Don't miss this. When we're learning how to lament, when we're learning TCAT, turn, complain, ask, trust, when we turn to God, when we're honest with our complaints, when we learn to ask bold questions, when we think about asking bold questions, I want us to look to God's word. Look on the screen with me at Hebrews 4. Let us then, with what? Boldly, ask boldly. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. 
Why can we confidently, boldly go to God? That verse on the screen invites us to go boldly, to go with confidence to God. Why? We can ask bold friends, here's, here's something, here's a take home. If you forget everything else here, take this home. We can ask boldly because Jesus understands deeply. The, very, the verse just before the verse on the screen, let's go to that now. Um, the previous verse, Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. In other words, we have a God, the Son of God, our rescuer, who, who empathizes, who knows, who's gone through it, who has suffered, who had reason to lament himself. Isaiah's prophecy about the Messiah, about the promised rescuer that Jesus would come, Isaiah's prophecy says this, that he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. That's what we know about Jesus, that he's a man of sorrows, that he was acquainted with grief, that, 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 that he empathizes with us because he's been through things. So, so we ask boldly because Jesus understands deeply. The gospel is the spectacular news that a great and holy and mighty and perfect God rescues and forgives sinful you and me. The glorious news of the gospel is that God rescues sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Those of you who are in Christ, who have given your life to Christ, who've recognized you cannot live on your own, but said, Jesus, save me, help me, lead me. Those who are in Christ are forgiven, made right with God, put back in relation with God, adopted into his family, forgiven of our sins, rescued from sin and death, saved, and we receive new life now and new life forever. That is the spectacular news of the gospel that we need to be reminded of every Sunday, that we need to remind each other of as we care for and pray for one another. And as we interact with hurting people around us that are far from Christ, we point them to life now and life eternal that is only found in Jesus Christ. And, and because Jesus knows, because he knows, do you, I need you to believe this. I need you to think about it. Because Jesus knows the sorrows that you experience, because he knows hardship and pain, because he experienced disappointments, because he knows the pain of hypocrisy, injustice, false accusations, because he too has experienced physical weakness, betrayal, abandonment, all of that because Jesus understands deeply, all of that is the basis for our appeal. We have confidence to go to the throne of grace. Our, ba our basis, our foundation for boldly asking him is because he knows, because he gets it. We ask boldly because Jesus understands deeply. So let's go to him. Father in heaven, we are so glad that you, we are so thankful that you are a God who loves and comes near to us. God, we thank you that you have revealed yourself as God, as being a, a loving Father, our Father in heaven. 
God, I pray boldly. One of our bold requests this morning would be that you uh, would help each of us this morning, each of us in this room, each of us watching online, to trust Jesus today. If there are those listening that, that, that are not walking with Jesus, that don't know friendship with Jesus, God, I pray that by your Spirit's power, we would recognize our need for you, our inability to save ourselves, the fact that our own ways and our own desires only leads to darkness and death. God, would you, would you help each of us to trust Jesus today? For some, that might be for the first time, giving, life, giving our life over to Jesus, to his leadership, to him being our master, to him being our savior. Teach us to live for him. And for those that have already followed Jesus, God, would you teach us to trust Jesus today more and more in every area of life, not just when we feel like it all the time, not just when life is going well, but when life is going hard, would you teach us to trust Jesus and live for him? Would our actions and our words, our behaviors, our body language, would all that we are honor Jesus as you change us from the inside out? God, a couple things. Another thing we just ask boldly for this morning is we, we ask boldly for you to continue to help and care for and guide our leaders. God, we thank you for our elders, the hard work that you have called them to, the tasks that have been on their plate past and present and future. God, we pray boldly and we just ask you to guide them and strengthen them and to show us what you have for the future. We just rejoice in what we see. God, you at work in our church family, would you help us to lean into what you are doing? God, we also want to rejoice that, the, that our membership lunch today is, uh, is filled up with 20, 22, 24 uh, people who, who love you, who see you in action in our church family and are wanting to make this um, officially their church home, become official members. So we rejoice about that, Lord. And as we've studied God's word today, God, we just ask you that you teach us to lament. Keep us turning to you no matter what. Thanks that we can be honest with our complaints. May our bold requests uh, not be bossy or commanding, but would our bold requests be based on who you are. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for rescuing us through your son. Thank you for his life, death, and resurrection, his new life that shows us that we too can have new life. God, we worship you in so many ways, not just Sundays, but every day. Bring us to you. As we draw near to you, God, thank you for drawing near to us. We want to worship you now as in our prayers, as we give our gifts, as we lift our voices in song. Would we, would we do that boldly out of thankfulness for all that you've done for us? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.